It's one of the world's most recently created sovereign states. So what's at stake in East Timor's election? Moving to a path forward for economic development is one of the biggest issues that's going to be on the ballot. Coming up, the background to the vote, the security challenges, and the latest advice if you have people or operations in the country. Vacate the area if you see any um, large groups gathering or any groups of supporters or of security forces. Hello and welcome to this Global Situation podcast from International SOS, the leading medical and security risk management business. I'm Paul Osborne. This is the podcast where we provide timely analysis and tactical insight for your organization. And in this episode, we're focusing on elections in East Timor. As Secretary General of the United Nations, I have the honor to transfer executive authority from the United Nations Transitional Administration to the institutions of the Democratic Republic of East Timor. Celebrations in East Timor's capital 21 years ago as the nation became an independent state. While it's made progress since then, it continues to face a series of challenges. There's the economy, with a significant proportion of people still living in poverty. Crime is a problem too, and East Timor is particularly at risk of natural disaster. That's the backdrop for the country's fifth set of parliamentary elections since independence. Seventeen political parties will join the contest, but it's likely that one of two will come out on top. Violence, though, has historically been a threat to elections in East Timor, and the uncertainty around the vote has the potential to create security problems. To find out more, International SOS lead security analyst for the ANZ Pacific region, Stephen Paterini, has recently been in East Timor, and when I spoke to him, he started by giving me the background to the election. East Timor was formerly a Portuguese colony up until 1975. It was occupied by Indonesia for 24 years and gained independence formally in 2002. This is currently its fifth parliamentary election, being contested by 17 different political parties, with the frontrunners being the National Congress for uh, Timorese Reconstruction, the CNRT, as well as the Revolutionary Front for an Independent East Timor, Fratellin. So two main parties and a very deep rivalry between them. Tell us a little bit about some of the personalities involved. Yeah, so since the dawn of independence in East Timor, rivalry between the CNRT and Fratellin have characterized the politics and more the rivalry between the leaders of those two parties. So one, Shanana Guzmao, he was this um, resistance hero, heralded as a George Washington-esque renown to him and is often referred to as um, Big Brother and a very very positive light, um, supported by the people, and his endorsements carry a lot of weight. On the Fertelin side, you have Mari Alkatiri. During the um, Indonesian occupation, he was exiled in Mozambique during this time, and he's a far more reserved and less charismatic person than Guzmao, but is respected in his own right. What are some of the key issues that are driving the election campaign? I know the economic situation in East Timor is a particular concern. Moving to a path forward for economic development is one of the biggest issues that's going to be on the ballot right now. In particular, one issue that's been um, consistent throughout um, East Timor's politics in recent years is the uh, Greater Sunrise Hydrocarbon Field on the south coast of the country. Guzmao and the CNRT's um, vision is this um, Tazimane 
development project, which is an oil and gas processing, basically building all of their own infrastructure domestically within Timor to basically process this um, natural gas, hoping to bring jobs and development. Guzmao, who is also getting up there in age, kind of is very much putting his money on this project and sees it as his legacy. East Timor is particularly vulnerable to a wide range of natural disasters. Does that have an impact on political and economic stability? Yeah, absolutely. Natural hazards are a big risk in East Timor, in particular to the infrastructure and having infrastructure available to deal with them. Earthquakes and tsunamis, while they don't happen too frequently, are a big consideration and the infrastructure is not there to deal with a major one. A more frequent natural disaster that has impact on the logistics in the country is bouts of heavy rain and the occasional cyclone as well. Roads, especially inland roads into the country, are often built along these mountainsides and can be subject to landslides, often isolating communities for days at a time. Well, not in a frequent path of tropical cyclones. Whenever they do pass over East Timor, it is a major major issue. For example, tropical cyclone Sejora in April of 2021 caused flooding throughout the capital Dili that impacted more than 28,000 households and killed up to 40 people. In the past, election campaigns have turned violent. Is that a significant threat this time? Election-related scuffles are always going to be a concern. They are less so in this election than in previous elections, even the 2018 parliamentary elections where we saw some violent incidents. We have seen uh, less so during the campaign period of this election. While people are passionate, once they get to their um, campaign-related events, things generally remain peaceful from there. Um, One of the biggest considerations is when they are in transit, especially through another party stronghold, a single person can just like throw a rock or start to escalate a situation and then just cause on both sides to clash. We'll talk about the specific advice around the election in a moment, but first it might be worth looking at the timetable. What actually happens after election day? Following the three-day period of silence leading into the final election day on May 21st, the votes will be publicly tabulated by election agencies which will conclude no later than the 27th of May. Following that, the official results will be certified by the 7th of June. And then after that, whichever party wins the plurality will have the opportunity to form that uh, majority ruling coalition. As we see it right now, this process should remain relatively straightforward, though there are some triggers to monitor that could put a wrench in this uh, process. So how prepared are the authorities to handle any potential unrest? So the authorities have been making um, big strides to improve their capability to respond to any related unrest, though still suffer from issues such as lack of resources, lack of manpower. In recent years, they have, um, in a partnership with the Australian Federal Police, they've been given uh, further training on crowd control measures and um, riot control, though in the event of any major sustained unrest, they would be very unlikely to be able to deal with this situation. Security presence during the election period and in the days and weeks after are going to be um, much higher in certain flashpoints such as the government palace, the parliament building, as well as all electoral offices. What specific advice would you offer to businesses and to individuals who could be exposed to any of these potential problems? First and foremost, we recommend keeping a local contact network, ensuring that you are keeping in contact with people on the ground who are familiar with specific situations, as well as monitoring um, international SOS alerts and updates. 
as the election is coming to a close and votes are being counted, we recommend that you vacate the area if you see any um, large groups gathering or any groups of supporters or of security forces gathering to minimize your chance of being exposed to any potential clashes. Um, We recommend that managers in-country review their plans, especially regarding responses to significant unrest. Are there any specific triggers that people should keep an eye out for that would be a sign that the situation could be deteriorating? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest things to watch out for is sustained bouts of clashes or unrest during the election day or in the days and weeks afterwards, specifically any clashes between party supporters or police this would be a major indicator that the situation is deteriorating. Additionally, monitor the party that wins the election or the major party that wins the plurality, so CNRT or Fratellin, and how they are making progress on forming a coalition. Any delays in coalition forming or intervention by the president could be another indicator for um, deterioration. Finally, though this is very unlikely to occur, Should any major political leader be assassinated or targeted for violence, this would very likely lead to sustained violent retaliation from their party supporters. Stephen Paterini, lead security analyst for the ANZ Pacific region at International SOS. As the election period plays out in East Timor, you can get the latest information and advice from our website, internationalsos.com. And from there, you can also find out more about our global network of assistance centres, available to clients 24-7. But that's it for now. Thanks very much for listening, and until next time, goodbye.